you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. Got a real treat for y'all today. Episode number 37 of the Lone Gummin Podcast with special guest Sitka.net, that's CTKA.net and TopSecretWriters.com Journalist Galore and JFK Researcher, among other things, Mr. Seamus Coogan. Uh, it's, it's truly a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to talk to him. He doesn't do very many interviews, but he wanted to come someplace where he could be himself. And you're about to find out why. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats, socks, and everything else you got on, because <laughs> he's about to knock them off. So without further ado, I bring to you the great Seamus Coogan. All right, today I have a very, very special guest, and I don't normally have guests on my show, but... This one is most definitely worth it. The mysterious, the elusive, the one and only Mr. Seamus Coogan joins me from New Zealand. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Chief? Nice to, uh, nice to have you. Nice to have you. Have you introduced me in such a, um, uh, a modest, <laughs> in such a, a, a modestly <laughs> inducing way? Thank you, mate. It's cool. It's good. It's nice to be a man of mystery. Well, if people don't know you, they should know you uh, from the CTKA.net website. Uh, and what is it, Top Secret Writers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a little catching up and uh, and reading some of your stuff. But yeah, if 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 you're in the JFK community, you know and you've heard the name Seamus Coogan before. Uh, you are infamous, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, I don't, well, that's really it's nice to know that I've got my fans, you know, and people who admire my work like yourself, and then there are people. Who would want to see me strung up and hung and you know hung drawn and quartered? Um, we know who they are, and we'll talk about them later on. Um, yeah, you mentioned top secret writers before. Um, that's an interesting place to write for. Uh, I don't necessarily share all of the editorial views that they have there. And saying that, they really respect the fact that I have a different outlook on a few things, and they let me write. And so, yeah, I mean. 
I differ and sort of about 9-11, you know, and issues around there that, uh, that they do uh, to them. So that's all right. But like I said, I think something dodgy happened in 9-11. But, um, Me too. <laughs> they don't really go there with that sort of information. But that's okay. You know what I mean? I, I'll, get, I'll get the chance to write about a whole bunch of other things, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And to be honest with you, there's some pretty good 9-11 writers out there at the moment anyway, you know? So, I mean, I don't think I'm contributing much <laughs> in, in that regard. One of those writers, of course, is not Jim Fetzer. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I've had enough of his articles on Veterans Today uh, to, to last me a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it's really bad. It was funny. I was I did an article for top secret writers and um, one of the funny things about it Rob was when I was doing the um, when I was doing it I came across across a guy called Anthony Lawson and he was writing um, about veterans today and he'd been one of the writers on veterans today and he was talking about how it used to be a website with some fairly good you know or at least meatier kinds of articles um, on the web page, but he was writing that as soon as Fetzer had come along, that the quality of the journalism and the research on the website had just gone to absolute pox, and then it just became a platform for Fetzer to spread, you know, his 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 disinformation. And I thought that was a really interesting little um, side beat there. Oh, what's the guy's name? Um, is it Duff, Kill Duff, or whatever the guy that runs Veterans Today? Gordon Duff. Uh, Gordon Duff, I mean, geez, he's been caught out so many times with so many lies on so many other different websites and people that have been reviewing veterans today. I mean, that website is a joke. And now they've got um, that guy, what's the name, Kevin Barrett? Isn't that, that guy's a dick. He's a lot smoother than Jim Fetzer, but his mind is just as warped, okay? And um, so, yeah, no, that place is a joke, um, as you as you know. And that's a question that I was going to ask you, though, too. So what we were talking before we went, to, before we started to record, so what got you actually into, I'll tell you about myself in a second, but freaking how I got involved, but what got you involved in, uh, the, in, in, in your website and everything like that? Because I think your websites and your blogs have been absolutely hilarious. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, well, I guess it was probably almost three years ago now uh, when I started the Conspiracy Critic 7.wordpress.com blog. <laughs> and the reason I started it is because I used to listen to Jim Fetzer's radio show. And I heard the most ridiculous JFK-related story I think I've ever heard in my life. Uh, <laughs> what one was that? There's plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was... Uh, well, of course, it was starting with the uh, Oswald in the doorway nonsense. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh no. So I ended up uh, sending Jim an email because he had always said, you know, if you got something to say, you know, bring it. So I did. So I sent him a nice, respectful uh, email pointing out, you know, just about everything he had wrong and backing it up with documents and, and uh you know, testimony, stuff like that, to counteract what, what their arguments were. And I I got back the most, the biggest brush off I think I've ever gotten from somebody. And it just pissed me off. It pissed me off to no end. 
So I was like, all right, you know, he, this guy's going to be like this. Well, fuck him. I'm going to start a blog, and I'm going to write all about it, and I'm going to put sure. put the evidence out there. And, of course, they, you know, just like a good goat, they keep on giving and giving. So, they are the gift that keeps on <laughs> Exactly. So I kept on bringing it to. You know, I kept finding new evidence and uh, uh, new stuff to bring up to counteract their claims. And one thing led to another. And then he started with this uh, nonsense about uh, Clyde Forshaw and this Agent Ladybug thing in, ca- in Canada. Tell me more about that, bro, because that sounds hilarious. Because I, I, there's only so many things I can do in a day because I'm doing so many other sort of researching other areas or critiquing stuff. Tell me more about this. About this latest, <laughs> this latest you'll, you'll like this, okay? <laughs> he had some mentally disturbed lady um, from Canada call him. She calls herself Agent Ladybug. Uh, her name is. <laughs> her name is. It came out to be Haley Otis. She calls her, no, come on, you're seriously Rob. So she calls herself Lady. What lady? Agent, Agent Ladybug. Motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway, is it what she calls herself? Well, her, her real name is Haley Otis, okay? Haley Otis is her real name. She claims that her brother was yes. Raul, you know, from... <laughs> oh, 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 from Martin Luther King? Yes. Uh, and James Earl Ray, yes. 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 Well, look, well, I always thought that Raul was like a cabaret singer. Or was that Kamal? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, Kamal. anyway, keep going, brother, keep going. Okay, and uh, that this Canadian... Uh, Serial killer and his buddy—I don't know—I can't remember if it was his cousin or just a friend—were yeah. responsible for you know hundreds of murders. And uh, she says that they were present in Dealey Plaza that day, and that you could actually see them in the Zapruder film. I don't know if uh, you're familiar or not. If you look, if you're watching the Zapruder film, there's two men across the street. As JFK comes out from behind the sign, and one and one is a heavy set fellow wearing what looks to looks to be an apron. Okay. I call him Apron Man. Okay. <laughs> looks like a damn grocery store clerk that 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 came down there on his lunch break to watch the parade. But she claims that this is her brother. Uh, and Clyde so Forshaw. You've taken the, so, so Rob, you've actually taken the time to actually look through it and actually. And you got the identification, the real identification of the person, in, you know, in question. Well, I don't know who who exactly it is, but right. it ain't Clyde Forshaw. Who? Okay, now she, the guy's pushing ninety years old. Okay, she claims he's still stalking her, and and this is the funny part. <laughs> she was on the phone with Fetzer. And and she said he's stalking me right now outside my window wearing a kilt and oversized shoes. <laughs> you are fucking me. Is is she really saying that? Yeah. Oh no. And here's the kicker. She's so she's being stalked by some old dude in a Zimmer frame, effectively with oversized shoes. Yeah. Um, Clown shoes. What the? Like, anyway, so and, and of course. It doesn't look. It doesn't. Now, fences, fences all over her. I take it. Oh, <clears throat> he actually called the FBI <laughs> and tried to report it, and he recorded his. <laughs> <laughs> he recorded his phone calls to the FBI, and and they were 
he wasn't getting anywhere. He kept getting the run around. It was the funniest <laughs> thing to listen to in the world. <laughs> but but this lady got, you know, took him in, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, he was all over it. And that's what yeah. gets me. It, 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 it's one thing after the other with Fetzer, whether it be 9-11 or whether it be JFK. It's 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 the fringe. It's the crazy people. It's the it's the it's the uh, out there theories that he latches on to, yeah. and he propels them until they run out of gas, and he drops them like a hot potato and moves on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so he's like a remora or a parasite. And one of the interesting things is too is he's just such a massive hypocrite, isn't it? Funny because okay, so, you know when you were talking about the Oswald Innocence Project. You know, this is this is one guy who says that all of the photographic evidence, hey, had been faked. Yet now he's actually saying that elements of the Zapruder film. You know what I mean? That he's using as evidence for this ninety-year-old stalker is actually real. He does that all <laughs> of the time. And have you noticed that he can? You know, the Zapruder film's authentic when there's something in it. You know, suddenly that proves his ridiculous theories at any time. But then all the other times, of course, it's fake. You know, it's it's that kind of hypocrisy, well, here's, which is just insane. You know? Here's the new thing that he's on, okay? If you haven't heard this. All right, he claims that, of course, yeah. the Zapruder film was, was altered and faked, which most people, you know, believe that in one way or another. But he I claimed... To be honest with you, hey, before you go there, Rob, yeah. sorry, before you go there, brother... I'm 50-50 on the whole thing, to be honest with you, people like Bob Groden. And he's some of his other elements of the conspiracy stuff isn't so hot at times, especially with the new book that just got reviewed. But to be honest with you, I'm of the opinion that chances are it probably wasn't, you know. And to be honest with you, even though I don't believe that it wasn't altered, I don't have a problem with people that say that it was. You know, I just it's a non-argument for me, to be honest with you. I just, and the big problem that I have, this is the thing, that's why you're never going to get me um, writing about it or reviewing it too much, is the fact is that when they've had these symposiums with idiots like Fetzer involved, the big problem is that he's just done so much work to discredit any idea of there being an alteration, you know, in the film, because he's such a dick. Um, You know, it's really difficult to make head, you know, head or tail of it. And so I... Yeah, so this, just sorry, mate, I just thought I'd give you my little piece on why CTKA and myself don't really go down that avenue um, with the Zapruder film alteration. Yeah, I was... I say, go, sorry, go on, mate, go on, brother. Yeah, I was, I was an agnostic on it before, and actually, this was a couple of months ago, me and, me and my buddy Doug went to the conference that they had in Arlington, Virginia. And we actually met the, that Hollywood couple that's working on the 4K scan of the Zapruder film. Oh, okay. With Doug Horn. Okay, Doug Horn drug us up to this room, okay? So we go up to this penthouse suite, you know, real nice swanky joint. They've got the computer and everything hooked up to the, to the hotel television. And I'm sitting in a room with Doug Horn, Greg Burnham, um, you know... It's just surreal, man. You know what I'm saying? We're like, you know, what the hell is going on here? But they they showed us a piece of what they were working on. And, of course, they didn't show us the, the, the good juicy parts. But the bits that I did see, sure. man, I tell you what. 
I mean, because it, it it's like a it's like an ultra high resolution cop, you know, rendering of the Zapruder film. And you can actually literally see a painted in section on the back of his head. Well, that's, in, look, that's interesting too, eh? I mean, and that's the thing too, you just mentioned too, guys, that I, you know, I, I don't really have much time for Doug Horn, to be honest with you. His book, uh, the whole LBJ did it stuff, I've just got no time for. There was some useful stuff with the medical evidence for sure. Um, but I do like Greg Burnham, and one of the things that I really sympathise with somebody like Greg, and I sympathise with Doug Horn though too, is that they allowed Fetzer to help promote some of their work, you know? And yep. that's like poison, okay? And that's a credibility fail. And I, um, you know, you've got to be really careful of your allies that you choose in this game. And one of the things that a lot of charlatans have done, in my experience, is that they latch on to people like, say, Doug Warren, and uh, they use his work. And then they sort of make these big compendiums, like the guy that I'm reviewing at the moment's a dickhead called Jerry Croft. Have you come across him yet? Uh, is he in the Oswald Innocence campaign? Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a fucking tool, and um, he's he's just got he's just been caught out at um, JFK murder solved. I think he was caught out last year, and this dude Croft had actually been lying about interviewing James Files, which is really hilarious. I mean, that's a story unto a story unto a story. Right. So this guy Croft is just, and he believes in ancient aliens and all that sort of shit. <laughs> and one of the things that one of the things that Croft does is he's sort of caught up in a time warp, you see what I mean, where they, where books like Jim Mars's Crossfire and JFK the film and, um, you know, and well, what's the other one? The one, the Bob Groden one that he did with, um, he, oh, jeez, he did. High he Treason? Just, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that, that's the one. Um, he, um, there was a problem, he said, so he's caught up in a pre-ARRB time warp, okay, where nothing else has happened since, and they use right. a lot of discredited theories to keep everybody on side with them, you know, to make friends and win, you know, win popularity. And they're the con artists of the JFK conspiracy research community, mate, you know. They're the people that are full of shit. Um, and people like Greg Burnham, and I really like, actually I really have a lot of respect for Greg, but because he's a little bit more open-minded, people kind of tended to latch on to him, you know, yeah. And so it's it's a shame. It's a shame. But Greg, tell you what, to, if Greg had been able to present a coherent narrative of alteration earlier on, and had said to people like Fetzer, "Hey, look, cut the bull. We need to have you know a definitive idea of what actually happened to the Zapruder film." I think you know what I mean. Then the alteration debate would be taken a lot more seriously. You know? Right. Right. But sadly. Because they let Fetzer run all over it. It's a dead, to me, it's a dead topic, to be honest with you. But best of luck to Greg for bringing it up, though. And I hope, you know, I hope, you know, I hope he can make a viable alternative for sure. You know? Anyway, so you were saying that you that you that this that this blew you away. Anyway, you thought it was looking pretty good. That it was there was a definite matte finish at the end of the year. Yeah, from what I could see in that short clip, I mean, it 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 really looked like you know. Like, you know, the back of his head was painted in with, with a black. But, you know, as far as any other alteration, such as missing frames, and that's what I was getting to uh, before with, with what's sure. new with Fetzer, okay? He's alleging yeah. 
that the limo actually came to a stop for That's up wrong. to 30 seconds now. You're kidding. 30 seconds. I'm not kidding. They found some some old interviews that some old researcher did named Fred Newcomb. With a, yeah, he did a lot of interviews with the uh, motorcycle patrolman. Sure. And who was it? Bobby Hargis in the interview says that uh, after the shots, he, he pulled his motorcycle over to the side, got off his motorcycle, picked up a piece of JFK skull, threw it back in a limo, and then walked across in front of the rest of the motorcade over to the grassy knoll. Right. <laughs> so, and of course, none of that's in the Zapruder film. No, of course. Yeah. So now Fetzer's alleging that, that the, the limo stopped for 30 seconds. But. That's just absolutely bollocks, man. This, the, 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 the amount of energy it would have taken to, 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 you know, to alter all of the films that day. The, you know, there's, how many, I've listed them before, and I wish I had my notes, but there's about three or four, you know, there's how many different films of the motorcade were there in uh, Dallas that day, Rob? There's about five, eh? You know, and if you put them all in sync, you know, speaking of sync, <laughs> you know, they all work out pretty freaking well. You see what I mean? That's the problem that I have with a lot of the allegations about forgery, you know? Um, especially when anything to do with Jim Fetzer's freaking well involved in it. You know, so that's the issue here. Right. I mean, the story of Bobby Argus is really interesting, that way. You know, I mean, Shivers, he, he, without a doubt, I think regardless of whether or not you believe in a, an alteration or not, the evidence that he's actually discussed, hey, obviously he, the bullet came from somewhere near the front, you know? Right. And it freaking, well, and he got covered in brain matter too, you know? So, and pieces of skull. So, for me... I don't know. I find the whole thing really interesting. But anyway, you've obviously... So you're obviously, mate, you're a fan of the Zapruder film alteration and you think that what Fitz has been doing in the area sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't Just think it was question. extensively altered right. at all, you know, but yeah. I think there's well, def the de definitely a little painting, maybe maybe some frames missing. Cool. But oh, that's, that's it. That's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, cool, because if they can get a definitive version, that'd be great. And also, too, one of the big problems that when you had Fetzer running the show with the Zap alteration, eh, it was like I said before, everybody was seeing all sorts of different shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that was the big problem, too. And as Jack White, as much as I really like the dude, you know, I mean, he didn't need much encouragement to go full on. Right. And um, his best work he did, I think, was actually when he was doing work um, on the Roscoe White picture, you know what I mean? That was really, really interesting work that he did on there. When he gets into some of the other stuff, I kind of think, oh, Jack, no, don't go there. Oh, I know. Now, you're talking about Roscoe White being the, the backyard uh, photograph? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think there's actually, for me, I find that, you know, I, I don't really... Yeah, I find that quite compelling. I don't buy into the whole Roscoe White story that was told, you know, that sucked in Gary Shaw and all that. But I do believe that there was some element of Roscoe White being involved in possibly the framing of Oswald, for sure. You know, yeah, I, I think that could that could definitely be plausible. But most of the other stuff about him, ah, nah, I wouldn't go there. You know, but I think that was Jack White for me. That's some of Jack White's best work on the assassination, you know, for sure. You know, I really think it was pretty good. Um, here as well. Uh, so, just the thing as well. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, so, just a question. What was um, 
Doug Horn's um, take on Fetzer. What Greg Burnham wouldn't have been. I know Greg wouldn't have been very <laughs> well pleased with Fetzer. What were they saying? Well, he actually used a piece of uh, Fetzer's stuff about the uh, motorcycle policeman in in his uh, two hour presentation. Sure. Uh, but and he went on Fetzer's show the day bef- the day before the conference and pretty much did his two hour spiel on Fetzer's show. Right. Who was who was this? Doug Horn or Burnham? Doug Horn. Uh, Doug Horn. Yeah. Okay. No, because Bur- Greg Burnham won't go anywhere near Fetzer anymore, mate. No. No. And it, and it was mostly um, on the medical evidence. Right. But Doug should know better too than. Doug should know better than to support Jim Fitzer, mate, to be honest with you. You know, um, seriously, anybody should know that Fitzer is a complete and utter charlatan. You know, and that's one, that's one of the things that annoys me about Doug Warren. At least Greg Burnham, you know, uh, has got the balls, you know, to stand by his commitment, you know, to, to say, hey, look, I was wrong, I got sucked, you know, sucked into a lot of this Fitzer shit. And um, that, and he was great, you know. And I was got a lot of respect for Greg, but uh, I, sorry, sorry, Doug, you know what I mean. He's and he's undermining his own case of alteration by hanging out with Fetzer. Yeah. You know? What do you think? Well, you're exactly you know, right. I think, and I think you agree with me. Anybody that aligns themselves with Jim Fetzer these days is scraping the Toxic. bottom of the barrel. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that's right. You're toxic as, you know. And that's one of the things. So, no, interesting to hear that because, like, Doug's shooting himself in the foot um, as well. So, in actual fact, hopefully, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, so oh, that's full on. I didn't know that. Hey, and also, too, like, um, oh, I just got to ask as well because you're actually really up on the Kennedy stuff at the moment or around that area. I've tended to sort of drift away from it a little bit with other work. Um, what else is happening in Fetzer's space? Like, that's interesting. Sorry. Now, tell me. Can you tell me? Hey, this is your radio show. It sounds like I'm doing the fucking interview. <laughs> hey, that's um, all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right, mate. You've got some interesting stuff. Now, tell me the case of um, Lisa Pease and me and Gary King and um, La- and the Lancer Conference, man. I want to tell me all about that. It sounds nuts. <laughs> well, apparently, Gary King is convinced that that. Lisa Pease is you. <laughs> so let's clear this up and make sure that, that Seamus Coogan has a penis and balls yes. and not yes. a vagina and it's no. not Lisa Pease. <laughs> Once and no, for all. Lisa Pease is courageous. She's got, she's got balls, mate. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> you're exactly right. Speaking of which... It's funny. Well, first off, mate, when I started out... Researching, I must have been. I'm not going to tell you my age, but geez, it was just. Uh, it was in the early 90s, and it was just before JFK came out. I saw the men who killed uh, the men who killed Kennedy, and um, you know, seeing the Zapruder film, ironically, for the first time, just was like, whoa, <laughs> something. You know, that shot didn't come from. See, this is the thing about the alteration. When I see the Zapruder film. And I show this Zapruder film to anybody, Rob. No one that I show it to says, oh, God, you know what I mean? That shot came from behind, <laughs> from Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, exactly. No and so when I first saw the Zapruder film, I was like, holy shit, they really did a number on him, man. And then I looked into it. And so for years, I just kept on putting up little bits of information together, 
but I soon realised that I had to find the best information that I could. Okay, and so by 2003-2002, that's how long it took me to actually get going, or to feel confident that I had gotten the best sources. That was when I approached Probe and CTKA, and so that was Jim DiEugenio and Lisa Pease. And so when people say, "I, oh, you know, that I've been biased, that I've," how would I say it, that I've just got an agenda that's just purely set for CTKA. Well, it's not true. When I first came across CTKA, Rob, um, I didn't like Jim DiEugenio. You get what I mean? And I didn't actually necessarily like what Lisa Pease was writing because it really went against, you know what I mean, everything that I'd been told or taught about the Kennedy assassination and um, in a lot of ways. Yep. But after a while, you know, the truth hurts. <laughs> and I got reading exactly. and reading and reading it. And then eventually I was like sold, okay? It was like, well, now these guys genuinely know what they're on about. And then what I did was at the time was I compared Jim Mars. I was comparing all the contemporary researchers to Jim and Lisa, which I was doing all the way through. Most of them didn't come within Cooey, okay? And then I looked at, like, John McAdams' website and who he was giving shit to, and he couldn't put anything on CTKA, and that son of a bitch still can't, you know? Exactly. Um, so that's the litmus test there, you know? It was like the, the lone gunman lobby, you know, they know who to frickin' not mess with, and they did, you know what I mean? They don't generally mess with CTKA or Probe or Jim DiEugenio, or for myself, generally speaking, for that matter. Um because I think they'll know what they're going to get. The real issue, though, too, um, so that was it. So I, that was them. And so and so I contacted Lisa Pease, sorry. I contacted Lisa Pease in, 2000 and, in 2003, just after I picked up the assassinations, uh, the compilation of probe articles that Jim, had, Jim and Lisa had edited. And um, that was how I got in touch with her. I explained my interest. And then in 2006... I came over to America and I interviewed Jim Eugenio, and there's bits and pieces of that on the internet, I think. Uh, it was for a documentary that we didn't re- that we made, which didn't really work out. So that was my when my contact with Lisa Pease started was around about 2003, 2004, around there. So that's um, that's pretty. So that's it. that's that's the fact of the matter. And Lisa Pease would confirm that, you know. So. Um, so we, to say that Lisa Pease and I are the uh, same person is, to be honest with you, I kind of find that quite flattering, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> Because she's such an A, you know what I mean? She is such an A-grade, accurate, take-no-prisoners, taking-no-shit researcher that, you know, uh, that, that it's fantastic. I've been accused by people of Jim, you know, Jim DiEugenio, uh, how would I say as being Jim DiEugenio ghost rights for me. You know what I mean? So that's what people say as well. So, I mean, that's hugely um, flattering, man. Yeah, that's you know, a compliment um, too. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. And I actually take that as a huge compliment. What concerns me is when people start to say some of the crazy stuff that you were just telling me about, mate. Um, tell me about... The Rob, tell, tell me about the crazy thing when you met up with Gary King at Dallas. What the fuck was that about, man? That's just nuts. Well, it was it was at that conference in Arlington. Okay, I'm sitting there. You know, I think it was on a Saturday. Oh, it, so was it in Arlington? Yeah, in Virginia. It wasn't in Dallas. No. no. Fuck me. Right, right. 
So I'm sitting there, and my buddy Doug, he comes up to me. He's like, man, he's like, you are not going to believe who's here. He's like, and and dude was standing right next to him. He's like, Rob, I'd like you to meet Gary King. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> I mean, dude had on a, a, a real deal with Jim Fetzer monogrammed polo shirt. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I shook his hand, said, how you doing, you know, <laughs> and uh, nice to meet you and all that happy horse shit. And uh, yeah, man, really surreal, you know, and I had already bad, bad mouth to show on my show because <laughs> I called his show an overproduced piece of shit. <laughs> Dude, his show is bad. When it first started, he had... I mean, he had like 20 different kinds of, of sound effects and music going. He was beaming people up like Scotty and shit. And it, and it was just, it, it gave me a headache to listen to it. You know, like you you can overproduce something to the point of, of it being a piece of shit and unlistenable. And, and I had already said that to him, at, you know, on my show. But apparently, I mean, he he's he, kind of clueless. And he kind of cornholed my buddy Doug on the elevator. He had Fetzer on the phone and handed the phone to my buddy Doug and said, here, Jim Fetzer would like to talk to you. And uh, Doug was like, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and he wouldn't talk to him. So, you know, just the thing. So your buddy Doug, is this Doug Horn? Doug Campbell. Doug, right. Okay, right. Joe's getting confused there. Okay, sweet. And so, so, why did Jim Fitzer was was Gary King trying to be like, hey, I'm 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 mates with Jim Fitzer, sort of thing, like Jim Fitzer, the big star. Was that what the impression you were getting? Oh yeah, yeah. It's he, like his Charlie Hutch to, to Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to get trying to get my buddy Doug to come on his show and, and discuss. Uh, I don't know what, but Gary King asked me. Because I told him the problem that I had with Fetzer and the, and the Oswald in the doorway sure. nonsense. And he's like, well, you can come on my show anytime and debate him. And I was like, well, uh, I don't know about all that. But because, you know, I know how that, that kind of thing goes. But uh, yeah, trust me, I wouldn't want to go on. No. It's funny you mentioned the debate, brother. Because one of the things that I've had with those guys was Gary King was putting a lot of pressure on me to go on both John Hankey. John Hankey was baying for my blood. And um, I was really busy at the time. In actual fact, my life had gone to freaking hell in a handcart in a few ways. So I wasn't really in the mood, but I was like, oh, okay, all right. And um, so I, eventually I kind of thought, right, all right, okay, I'll give this debate a go. But just as I was kind of getting prepared for it, I was having some real problems. And you know how... Anyway, so I'll tell you about those in a second. So I went online, and then the next thing I saw on Zimbio, there was a thing that said Seamus Coogan, and it said like head of the central, in- head of the central job, head of the central intelligence. Agency. Oh no! Like, no shit! I've actually got the screensaver. I'll try and find it for you. <laughs> I sent it to Jim, and I got in touch with Zimbio, and I was like, right, you know, I mean these these little. I was going to say a word, uh, anyway, these little maggots, I should call them, I'm not going to use the F word, um, they, um, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they'd gone out and they were just trying to bait me or just put some stuff out there, and also too, I think they were trying to set me up with some ridiculous claims to make this debate just stupid, and I'd heard 
John Hankey being interviewed on Gary King's show. The photo debate? Pardon? Where they pay they uh where they played clips of Jim D. Eugenio. He had no, like a fake debate. Well, this is no, that's well before this. Okay. But I heard him being interviewed and, and Jim Gary King was saying he promised me that there would be, you know, a moderated debate and all that kind of stuff and there'd be set questions. And um I'd heard John, him let John Hankey rant in conversations and stuff before and I was thinking for one you know, Gary King would never be able to control John Hankey, you know, going steam, you know, <laughs> going a million miles an hour. Hey, hey, hey just, just, real quick, real quick, you know, let me tell you something. On, the, on, on his newest show, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. He, Gary King came on and introduced John Hankey, and John Hankey talked for 30 minutes straight. Gary King didn't get a word in until the very end. <laughs> he didn't say, <laughs> he didn't say nothing. Hanky just steamrolled his ass for 30 minutes straight. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. And that's right, so look, that's right, evidence right there. And I've got to be careful, and thanks for reminding me, Rob. I've got so much of this pent up inside me. I might end up steamrolling you. Hey, hey. I'm already running, I'm already interviewing you on your own fucking show. What, a, what an asshole. No. <laughs> hey, it's perfectly it's fine with me, man. I'm having fun. Dude, but it's so funny because look, look, because there's something else which you told me which we'll get to soon. But I just want to say, one of the things that was really concerning me about doing a debate with John Hankey, and now Phil Nelson wants to, is now, you know, wanting oh, to debate me. Jesus. Is that um, debating people like Phil Nelson and John Hankey with set questions and like debate times and all that, even if Gary King was able to stop them from rambling on over time and just going absolutely nuts, would be that if we had some set questions and so forth, it turns it into a debate. Where, you know, And what it does is that it, there's no validity at all, to be honest with you, with the allegations that John Hankey has made or Phil Nelson has made. Okay, Let's be perfectly honest about it. Making a debate about it makes them look as if they're actually on my level. And I'm, I'm going to sound arrogant here, uh, but I think you'd agree with me that I'm... But don't want those guys from miles, okay? Um, That's right. They're not in my league. They're not on my planet. They're not on CTKA. You know what I mean? They're not even CTKA's galaxy. What they would have to do in a debate with me is they would have to actually answer the questions that I have for them about their allegations. Because... If we put it onto an equal footing, what would happen for new for newbies that would be listening is that they would lie. You know what I mean? And they would have time to reinvent their lies. You see, and that's the big problem. You couldn't pin them down, and that's the issue that I have with people, you know, like Hanky and Jim Nelsons. A debate with them wouldn't be fair because they would lie. And so, unless they can actually come up front up to a debate with me and my questions that I have for them concerning the allegations that they have made, you know, about myself and about the case that they've tried to present, then, hey, I'm not going to debate with them. And the reason why the debate isn't going to happen, Rob, is because these pussies, <laughs> you know what I mean, they won't back their own arguments, but they'd rather lie about their position, you know what I mean, in a moderated debate, because it would favour them. Yeah, and you spend yeah. half your time That's trying the- to... Trying to um you know, fix fix their argument instead of getting your point across. Well, and that's the point as well, and and that's the issue here. So, look, I'm more than willing to debate these guys, 
But hey, in actual fact, the debate has got to be concerning the allegations that they have made, all right? Um, people know pretty much where CTKA sits on the assassination. We believe that there was one, okay? We believe that it was lightly enacted by the Central Intelligence Agency, well, a faction of, with, you know, with help from big business, okay? That's pretty standard, to be honest with you. The ringleader of the assassination was more than likely, or well, the biggest coordinator of it was probably Alan Dulles, okay, who was there from start to finish. So that's pretty much the outline of what we know. Well, hey, with ancillary figures, you know, like the mob and those sorts of people. One of the things that the CIA have done very well, all that faction of the Central Intelligence Agency, or the, hey, just the security apparatus full stop, was to create a whole bunch of myths and legends, eh, you know, about with false sponsors and people that were supposedly organising it. Um, as Jim Eugenio has proven numerous times, and what I've done with a lot of my articles, is that people don't realise that the CIA play both sides of the conspiracy game. They're pro and con. And that, for me, is really big. And I think people need to look at what happened to the UFO um, debate in the 50s to really understand how this game has really played out. And, Rob, well, I don't want to bore you, but just briefly, what happened was that they set up organisations like MUFON and all that, and there was, there was most of the people that were involved in these UFO organisations at the time were actually people like you and I who were kind of middle of the, you know, middle of the road on stuff. And the majority of the time... Most of their arguments or most of their investigations centred on the, the aircraft that was being seen or the sightings were effectively, you know, US military experimental craft. That was really getting quite, that was the common voice um, of the time. So what eventually happened was the Central Intelligence Agency counterintelligence apparatus, many believe, actually infiltrated these UFO organisations. And then they set up the extremist argument of UFOs are real. You know what I mean? And, oh, no, they're not. You're just crazy. And what they did was they excluded people like yourself and I from any debate. Hence the reason why today the UFO debate is just absolutely crazy, okay? It, you know, there's so many kooks and nuts. But that was all generated effectively by them. So the, the sensible voices were squeezed out. And people have really got to... Um, understand that that's how these counterintelligence operations work when we're discussing issues, you know, really important stuff. Hence, false sponsors like Lyndon Johnson get pulled out of your ass, you know? Yeah, um, and I'll give you two uh, George, two names George that... Bush, for example. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you two names that stand out since you mentioned the UFO aspect of it. Yep. Fred Lee Chrisman yep. and Guy Bannister. Well, I've written a lot about those two. In terms of the UFO stuff. Yeah, because um, they were into it. I mean, yeah. Bannister was like the Fox Mulder of the FBI, you know what I mean? Like, Well, not really. Look, i tell you what, tell you what for, for people that are interested in it, I've done an article on Joseph Farrell, and I've done a whole segment on... Um, look, and I didn't really get a good chance to talk about it on Black Ops Radio, so maybe one day if we do another show, Rob, you know, I can talk about it. But effectively in that... Uh, no, the whole thing about Guy Bannister being a, um, a fox monitor of the FBI is, isn't really that. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit out there. But this, the stuff with Fred Lee Chrisman, for me, really interests me. He's sort of like a Gordon Novell figure 
sort of part con man, but part connected. And you see a lot of these sorts of figures right throughout the, how would I say, right throughout the disinformation, you know, realm, where these guys are sort of in the know. But, uh, you know, it's really interesting. They're fascinating figures. But their connections to the Central Intelligence Agency or the OSS, I think, are really, really interesting. Look, the Fredley Chrisman thing comes up, um, and particularly, I think, with the Maury Island case. Now, this was just, I think it was either before or just after the case where, you know, the most famous one of the era was when Kenneth Arnold saw the UFOs around um, Mount Vineyard, sort of around Washington, Washington, around there. And um, that was a really interesting case. It was in 1947. Incidentally, the same year that the Central Intelligence Agency formed. And the thing about it that we get told as well is that um, Kenneth Arnold was a uh, just was just about essentially was like a part-time hobby pilot you know what I mean he was just an innocent dude businessman going about his business the big joke is that you know, the guy Arnold actually had really big time US military intelligence connections <laughs> one story that we don't hear about it but it was in the distance you could actually see I think it was like a DC-7 or something like that in the back you know in the distance when he saw these objects which has led people to actually think that there was actually an experiment going on oh really well, let me cut you off there Seamus we're running out of time come back for part two people peace you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only.